Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Lovely ball for Dullo, who keeps it in. And it sits beautifully for Anthony Martial. Baye, that's a decent ball through for Rashford. One of them with Paul Izzo. And Marcus Rashford. Here's Martial. Picks the pocket of Matthews. Van der Beek picks up the pieces. Cuts it back in. And Rashford is there. And it's Jaden Sancho. For Manchester United, he makes it three. It's really opening up at the MCG. Well, it's always one way to get on Ricardo Ball's good side, and that's to play good action from Manchester United scoring goals. And that makes him in a very good mood very quickly. And it feels really just like yesterday where Manchester City won the Premier League title, Real Madrid won the Champions League, and Liverpool kissed goodbye to what could have been a potential quadruple of football titles for the season. Uh, the off-season in football doesn't seem to last that very long, though, does it? Uh, we managed to give Ricardo Ball a few weeks off from his uh, regular Thursday slot, but he's back at least today uh, to ke- help give us a rundown on what's been happening in the beautiful game. R- welcome back, Ricardo, and I'm amazed you're not in Australia. That close that close to your beloved and you didn't make the trip? Oh, I know, mate. I know. The, the conversations were had. The conversations were had, but I've got a big birthday this year, Smitty, and... Uh, it was uh, the, the better half, the financial manager of the household, said, well, you can do this or you can do that. Um, and so I had to make the call, unfortunately, mate. But last time they were in Aussie, I was over there. And, of course, I've been over to the UK and seen them a few times. So I, I, I had to keep my powder dry. Hopefully, uh, in the next year or two, we can get up to um, Blighty and, and see them in Old Trafford. 30th birthday at, at the MCG. I would have thought that would be pretty good, the 30th. <laughs> mate, 30th, yeah, 20 years ago would have been great. Would have been great, yeah. <laughs> mate, the big 5-0 coming up shortly. I'm catch, catching you, Smithy. Oh, oh my God, Father. Uh, OK, let's get into some football before we get really scared. Uh, before getting to Australia, uh, man, you enjoyed a 4-0 win over Liverpool and Thailand. Um, OK, it's pre-season and that, but uh, anyone's a good one. Yeah, for sure. You know, particularly after the year United had had last season. Um, so... It was fantastic to see the, the way the team's playing. They've certainly changed the style. You can see Eric Ten Hag's influence. Uh, there's a lot more pressing earlier, further up the field, you know, defending from the front, if you like. And then when in possession, it's all about keeping possession uh, and quick play of the ball. So last season, one of the things that United fans were critical of was, you know, we passed the ball sideways and back a lot, and we did it at a pretty pedestrian pace, which allowed teams to cover... Uh, gaps that, that were created, but the, the pace has certainly been been upped, and of course, uh, we're seeing them being busier in the transfer market of late as well, which is which is good to see. And you know, you look at that Liverpool game, and 
the way it started was that United pretty much started what was the strongest available 11. No Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, but uh, they started their strongest possible 11. And Liverpool effectively started like a second-string team. And United put them to the sword. They were up 3-0 at half-time. And in the second half, Liverpool brought on their 18. You know, their Virgil van Dijk, their Allisons, their Mo Salas. And United did the opposite. They, they brought on the kids. Uh, and second stringers, but still managed to keep Liverpool out and score a goal. So I think that's positive signs because you're seeing a system in place that you know you can move pieces in and out of, and it still operates reasonably uh, similarly. And I think that'll just get better and better the more time they they spend under Ten Hag. Okay, uh, on to um, Melbourne and then a victory over Crystal Palace, uh, during which uh, the appearance uh, the skipper Harry Maguire copped a bit of flack. What, what was the reason behind that? Would you know? Well, he got a lot of flack last year. Um, he he had a he had a very poor season by his standards last season, and there was a lot of talk. United fans wanted him gone, wanted him out of the club. Um, he was getting booed at the end of last season on the field for United, and you know he was making mistakes. He was giving possession away. At times, he didn't look fit, and I wondered whether or not he was playing with an injury because he had the turning circle of the Titanic at times, Smithy. Um, and I think it's a bit of a hangover from that. Uh, so it's disappointing to see, given it's a new season. Eric Ten Hag has said that he is going to be his captain again this year, which would suggest that he's going to play him. And, that, you know, those boos happened at the MCG early in the game, but they sort of subsided by about halfway through the first half because he had a reasonably good game. He had a shot not far away from target that got applauded as well. So I think uh, it's a vocal minority, Smithy, and uh, hopefully we see that die away. So uh, Eric Ten Hag's uh, introduction into the club, uh, has it been, um, in your mind, a successful one? Uh, aside from the results, I'm, I'm talking in terms of his roster, etc., and the way he's been received? Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, United have got somebody who... He's a bit of a disciplinarian. He's laid down rules um, of, of what he expects. And I think, you know, for too long, there were a lot of guys at the club who for want of a better term, Smithy, were piss takers. Uh, you know, and they've managed to get rid of a few of those in the likes of Lingard and, and Pogba and people like that. Uh, and so now there is accountability on the players. They have a structure. They have expectations to meet. There's a fine system. There's a, if, you, if you're late for this, you're not playing in the next game uh, type, type scenario. So he's, put, he's instilling a discipline that maybe the club hasn't had for a while. And that's good to see as well as a way to play. And he's... Um, you know, really impressing his expectations on the club. I, I think the, the fans are, are on board, and I think the players, if you're not on board, you're out the door. Um, and I think that's, that's probably a positive from a United point of view. And it's now, you know, uh, we've brought in, I think, three players so far in United. Um, Martinez, the Argentinian centre-back uh, out of Ajax. Um, we've got uh, a new... Uh, left-back Martel, who's come in from Feyenoord, so he obviously knows the Dutch game very well. He's brought those guys in and signed Christian Eriksen on a free transfer as well. It cost the club nothing um, to bolster the midfield stock. So expect a bit more movement as well, Smithy, because uh, they're, they're trying to get Frankie de Jong over the, over the line from Barcelona. That's, that's been rumbling on for a while. They are looking at Yuri Tielemans from Leicester and potentially Ruben Neves from, from Wolves as well. And, you know... There's question marks over, as I mentioned, Cristiano Ronaldo's future. Is, is he going to be at the club next season? Uh, well, there's a guy, Scamaca, who I believe they're looking at from Sassuolo in Italy as a striker. Um, so the, I think there's a bit of business to be done before we uh, we see the full United squad for this coming season. 
Uh, what are we looking at here again? Uh, looking um, at these early stages of uh, the squad settling, etc. across the board, are we looking at another uh, two or three-pronged title race where, and then looking at the bottom of the table to see if those promoted can survive? Is that what we're looking at again? Or do we have a sleeper in the mix? I think we have, might have a sleeper in the mix, mate, and I think it might be your team, Spurs. I think um, under Antonio Conte, they've done some really, really good business. Uh, they've brought in some uh, big defensive replacements, uh, and they've also brought in uh, some players in the midfield. They've, they've brought in uh, even Perisic, the Croatian, who's been at Inter Milan, who can play either as an out-and-out winger or he can play as a wing-back as well, so Conte can move his system around. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the... Spurs that this season could be could be a smoky could be a smoky not just to make the top four but to actually upset the likes of City and Liverpool and, and potentially even Chelsea who have had a bit of an upheaval. Cool. Okay. Look forward to that. Uh, what I also yeah. look forward to, from my point of view anyway, uh, Ricardo, is uh, a change of broadcaster for the uh, Premier League uh, English Premier League back in New Zealand back uh, to Sky Sport exclusively for the next six years. So. Uh, good news for Sky subscribers, I guess. Uh, for those who uh, have got Spark, not such good news. Good move for football, you think, in the country, though? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, you would know better than I would, but I, I mean, I look at... I applaud what Spark's doing, and the fact that you've got a competitor in the market means that, you know, Sky need to need to sharpen up, um, you know, some of the ways they operate, which we've seen in the past, maybe haven't... Have, they've been the only... They've been a one-stop shop, so they can kind of dictate to providers. Well, now it's not so much. There is a bit of competition, which I think is good. But, you know, I don't think New Zealand cricket have reaped the rewards of going to Spark in terms of eyes on the game, eyes on the product. Um, so I think from a football point of view and from a Premier League point of view, it's great because I think there's a lot more people watching Sky than are watching Spark. And, you know, as a as a football fan, it's great to have it back on Sky. And, uh, you know, it's just how they deliver it. I'm, I'm really interested to see how the delivery is going to go because the thing that we've had previously with Spark as an online platform is that I could get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and choose, you know, so if there's half a dozen games, I could which, uh, watch whichever game I wanted to. And I could either start it live from the start or, you know, if I get up and, you know, I've missed the first half hour, I could just jump in there or I can go back to the start. So... It was it was quite a flexible platform on Spark. I'm just interested to see how Sky replicate that. But I think in general it's positive, and I think it, it's great for Sky. It'll probably bring some numbers back for them, Smitty. And um, it's a it's a great product to have. I mean, as a football fan, it is a little bit uh, a little bit frustrating because Spark have still got the Champions League and all the European competitions, and they've got the World Cup. So you still kind of need to have both. It's interesting, all right. It really is. There was uh, talk. Uh, and I'm talking domestically now um, in terms of uh, the Wellington Phoenix. There was talk that perhaps uh, Roy Krishna, I remember reading the headlines and uh, the possibility of him uh, returning to the Phoenix, but uh, he's decided to sign with uh, an Indian club in Bengaluru Football Club. Uh, that's a bit of a blow. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not entirely sure that it is, to be honest, Smithy. I mean, he's 34. Um, you know, a key piece of his game is his pace, and at 34... We all we all know that you know that's when the uh, you start to drop a little bit of that pace. So, given the you know the Indian League isn't up to the same standard as the A League in terms of a level, um, and you know there's a lot of money floating around over there. So all power to him for taking the opportunity. But I don't really know if the Phoenix were ever really in for him. I think they got Costa Barbarossa's back, and I think that's a shrewd move. I think Costa's a better player, has played at a better level for a longer period of time. 
Um, so, you know, I wasn't too upset to see Krishna go there. And to be honest, I hadn't heard a lot about the club uh, in terms of the Phoenix really looking at him as a serious prospect. So uh, I'd expect they are, they are looking offshore and I expect maybe um, David Ball's uh, well-thumbed contacts book is getting a bit of a workout with uh, Ufuk Calais and, and maybe we'll see somebody, another Gary Hooper pop, uh, pop out here and, and be signed for the Phoenix this season. OK, uh, let's uh, look at uh, the women's Phoenix uh, side of things um, and uh, they missed out on re-signing football fern striker Grace uh, Jail but managed to pick up Paige Satchel. Yeah, and that's a great move. Uh, I mean, Grace is a very good player, but she's very she's still a young developing player. Whereas Paige is, she's had a lot more experience. She's had a season at Canberra. She's had a season at Sydney FC. She's 24, uh, and she comes into the side now, and she'll she'll be a mainstay of the team. The thing that she offers is she's got a lot of pace, Smithy. She's one of the quickest players in the league. Um, so I think Alyssa Winham, who they also signed on a two-year deal, will play as a very much like a playmaker, either a false nine or a ten. And I look forward to her com- combining, you know, with Paige, who, who tends to play as a sort of a wider forward. I guess if you you wanted to put this in uh, and easy to understand for the uh, for, for football fans who maybe don't follow the women's game as closely, this is effectively like uh, what Bayern Munich have done in bringing Sadio Mane in and losing Robert Lewandowski, right? So Jale was a traditional nine who played down the middle, um, whereas Paige Satchel is more the Mane-type player. She's the pace player that plays wider and then cuts in. So I think that's probably the easiest way to describe it. But I think it's a great move for the Phoenix, and I think it makes them a better team uh, going forward. I think it's a bit, she's a better player at this stage than Grace. I think Grace will become a better player, but she's still very young, and I think uh, it's a great signing for the Phoenix women's team. Uh, they've uh, re-signed uh, Lily Alfield be here this morning, just uh, hot off the press as well. So uh, the captain from last year re-signs. Yeah, which is great. You know, she's she's a captain. She's a steady voice. Uh, she's a good goalkeeper. She's through her form and with the Phoenix women's team. She's forced her way into the football ferns set up as well. And, uh, you know, I think that's something to, to think about. Uh, I talked to Gemma Lewis, the coach of the women's next team, who's also the coach of the under-20 uh, ferns, earlier in the week and uh, they have the under 20 women's world cup kicking off on the 10th of august in costa rica so they're out of here at the end of the month and she said that they were confident they'd have 75 percent of the squad confirmed by then which means we've probably got another 10 or 12 signings to come in the next uh, sort of 10 days or so smithy so uh watch the space because there's going to be more but you know we've got mckenzie barry in there for another year as a defensive uh defensive player she's very good lily at the back Alyssa Winham, who can play several roles in the midfield and is very much a playmaker. I think Gemma will build the team around her. And then, as we talked about, Paige Satchel. So I think it's, the side is coming together uh, really well. I think it'll be a lot more competitive this season coming than it was last season. And, uh, you know, it's great to see, too, that Alyssa Winham and being given a two-year deal, it really shows that the Phoenix are, are committing to the women's program post-World uh, Cup. Well, uh, post-World uh, Cup and on the subject of uh, World Cup, of course, uh, too, Ricardo, um, we've got players playing all around the world and uh, confirmed that uh, uh, Vic Essen has uh, gone to uh, Rangers, which is a hell of an iconic club, um, and also in Scotland as well, Michaela Moore playing for Glasgow and Katie Roode for Hearts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Scotland seems to be the place to be at the moment. We've also got uh, Olivia Chance playing at Celtic. 
So, you know, she's been there for a couple of seasons now. It's uh, it's fantastic to see. And that Scottish uh, league is on the up and up. They're really uh, improving. Uh, there's, a, there's a team there, you've mentioned it, you know, traditionally in the men's game, the Glasgow teams are Celtic and Rangers, but there's actually a, a team in Scotland who have dominated the women's scene for a long time just called Glasgow City. Uh, and so you've got those three clubs there. Then you've got, you know, Hearts out of Edinburgh as well. Dundee United are new to that league. And it's uh, it, it's really strengthening and growing. And those teams compete in Europe. And I think it's a really good place for our players to get to. It's probably easier to be signed there than it is in England in a lot of ways. But at the same time, you're on the doorstep of that English Women's Super League and you're in the shop window. So I think, yeah, great moves all round. And, you know, it's good to see we've got so many players playing at such a good level heading into a World Cup. I think it's going to make Yipke Klimkova's job uh, quite difficult when it comes to picking that squad because we've got so many players playing uh, in so many good leagues around the world. So important that we perform with credibility at home as well uh, in that tournament, uh, which is now, uh, Ricardo, uh, a year out, basically, a year uh, less than a year out. It's 364 days, um, I mm-hmm. think, according to our calendar. Um, and on the on a good note, there was uh, India Paige Riley, who's decided to uh, put her allegiance uh, to the football ferns as opposed to uh, overseas with the Masildas. Yeah, there's uh, there's been a couple of players actually that um, have managed to you know, they've managed to get across, um, you know, who are, who are eligible for both teams, and uh, she's the latest, which is which is great news. I mean, part of the deal that the Phoenix have got uh, with the Australian A League is that the team that they put in has to have, uh, of the squad of, I think, 18, that they have to have is the minimum size. They can go up to 20, but there have to be seven players who uh, have Australian passports. And, and you know, this is actually, I, I think, maybe backfired slightly on the, on the Australians because they've gone and targeted players who have got Australian passports but could be potentially eligible to play for New Zealand. And uh, we've seen a couple of those converted now. This, this is great news. Uh, it just gives us more depth, more players to choose from, and... I, th- I think it's a, it's a real positive and it shows that New Zealand football are going in the right direction with the development of women's football. Um, of interest too is that uh, FIFA uh, the 23, the video game, which is massive around the world, let's be fair, huge uptake on those. Um, this uh, year, the cover will be Sam Kerr from the Matildas uh, and that may be an indication or a reflection of the Women's World Cup not too far away and an Australian uh, being the co-host as well as the fact that she's becoming... A pretty well-known footballer. Yeah, she. I mean, she'd be one of the biggest names now in women's football. You know, um, up there with the likes of Megan Rapone and Marta and and uh, Alex Morgan as well. So, yeah, great for her to be on the cover. I mean, I, I was talking uh, a couple of months ago to someone around Sam Curran, You know, female athletes are what they're earning um, at that top level. Obviously, you know, in English football. In the men's game, is a wash with money, but I mean Sam Kerr, I uh, I believe, is being paid about six hundred thousand pounds a year to play for Chelsea, and then has over a million uh, a million US dollars in endorsements as well, Smitty. So she is creaming it, and you've got to think that being on the cover of that FIFA twenty three game is only going to make that better. Ricardo, just finally, you'll be watching the uh, opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games because uh, your two favourite bands are playing, Duran Duran and Black Sabbath. How cool! <laughs> yeah, how cool indeed. Uh, yeah, that's good. that's good. I didn't know that, Smitty. So that's that's good news. That's good news. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, uh, I'll have to dust off my copy of Arena and get Wild Boys blasting in the lounge uh, leading in leading in. Uh, we might even have to introduce that as the theme song for the uh, for extra time going forward. 
I think that would be a very, very good move, mate. Uh, and it was always a good move getting you on. Uh, thank you very much for your, your knowledge and uh, your update on the uh, in-between season time for most leagues in football. Thanks, Ricardo. Catch up soon, pal. Thank you. Sounds good, brother. Will do. Bye-bye. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.